Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You've commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see your wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Reproach me, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I've declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying. And grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O oh Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me, O oh Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart. Incline, I like that so much. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. You get that? David's asking God to steer his heart to his, to his testimonies, to God's word, to God's teaching, that his heart would be attached to that and not to other things. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach which I dread, for your judgments are good. 
Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually, forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, and I will not be ashamed. I will not delight myself, and I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. Do you hear that? He loves God's commandments. And so often, we're trying to figure out how to get out of God's commandments. And he loves God's commandments. My hands also will I lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. The proud have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. How many times have people turned aside from God's word because of the, the, the pressures and the attacks of the world against them? The psalmist says, even under derision, I will not turn from your law. I remembered your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs and the house of my pilgrimage. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. This has become mine because I kept your precepts. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. I thought about my ways and I turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. See, things haven't always been easy, and he hasn't always done right, has he? Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good, and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. 
I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let, I pray, your merciful kindness be for my comfort according to your word to your servant. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precepts. You, you, you get that point? When, when we are treated wrongfully, when we are mistreated, when we are attacked, what should we think upon? The attacks, the hurt, the things that cause the bitterness? No, the psalmist says, I will meditate upon your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me. Those who know your testimonies, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes that I may not be ashamed. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. My eyes fail from searching your word, saying, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. He did not forsake God's word. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances. For all are your servants. Unless your law had been my delight, I would have then have perished in my affliction. Unless your law had been my delight, I would have then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts. For by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment exceed, is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. <clears throat> I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, but I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments. For you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord. According to your word, accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth. O Lord, accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. 
My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I've inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your word that I may live, and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up, and I shall be safe, and I shall observe your statutes continually. You reject all those who stray from your statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. You put away all the wicked of the earth like dross, therefore... I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the proud oppress me. My eyes fail from seeking your salvation in your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy, and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, more than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things, I consider to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The entrance of your words gives light. Wow. (laughs) The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted for I longed for your commandments. Look upon me and be merciful to me as your custom is toward those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Rivers of water run down from my eyes because men do not keep your law. He's brokenhearted because of the fact people do not obey God's word. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despise it. I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me. He's not had an easy life, has he? But he has not turned away from God's word. Yet your commandments are my delights. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. I cry out with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I cry out to you. Save me and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning and I cry for help. I hope in your word. My eyes are awake through the night watches. 
that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. They draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord. Can I change that a little bit? Go back to 149. 150. They draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You, though, are near, O Lord. All your commandments are truth concerning your testimonies. I have known of old that you have founded them forever. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great are your tender mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies, yet I do not turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and, and, and am disgusted because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I hate and I abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips shall utter praise for you, shall t- for you teach me your statutes. My tongue shall speak of your word for all your commandments are righteousness. Let your hand become my help. For I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and it shall praise you and let your judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. You know, you read that psalm and you know what you get? You you see a man who's very much like you and I. He's attacked. Sometimes he feels lost. Sometimes, sometimes he, the burdens are so strong that he, he, he's in agony and, and he's hurting and he's longing. But there's one key thing that has not changed for him in this psalm is that he trusts God as to what God has said to him. He holds and surrounds his entire life in the Word of God. When you read through this psalm, There are certain things that might jump out to you. Certain things jumped out to me. This man is happy. He said blessed. He's talking about, he he describes himself as one who is seeking God. 
who is walking in his ways, who is keeping and holding God's precepts and testimonies are, are, are close to him. He's looking into God's commandments. He's looking into them. He is not ashamed for the holding to God's truth. He praises God as he learns of the Lord's judgments. He heeds the very word that God has taught him. With his whole heart, he seeks God. Hidden in his heart is God's word, and that keeps the sin out of his heart. He asks God continually to teach him. He rejoices in the way of God's testimonies. He meditates on them. He contemplates them. He delights himself in them. He does not forget God's word. He asks that he may live and keep God's word. He asks that his eyes be opened, that he sees the wondrous things from the word of God. He says that God's testimonies are his delight. He asks God to help him to understand his, his truth. He asks God to strengthen him according to his word. He, he chooses the way of truth. He chooses the way of truth. You just, don't follow, you just don't fall into, he chose to follow the way of truth. He clings to God's testimonies. He pursues God's commandments. He asks God to give him understanding. He makes he says that he wants God to help him to walk in the path of his commands because that's where his delight is. He asks God to incline his heart to his testimonies. He asks the Lord to turn his eyes from the worthless things and to give him life through his word. The psalmist says that he longs to obey the commandments of God. Are you beginning to see this man's heart? He says, I trust in your word. I've hoped in your word. I've kept your word. I speak your word. I love your word. I'm comforted by your word. Don't turn away from your instruction. No matter what comes against you, the psalmist says, hold to those truths. Remember the judgments of old. You know what David says? They comfort me. Do you know what he sees in the word of God? In the stories of the word of God? And you know what, David? David's reading the prophets, isn't he? David's reading, reading the Pentateuch, the, the, the books of Moses. He's reading those things, and he's coming out and seeing these things, and he's saying that that, remembering what you have done in your word, comforts me. And David says, this is how I want to spend my life, obeying your instructions. This world is not my portion. My wealth is not my portion. My power is not my portion. But you, O oh God, are my portion. He wants to be taught of judgment and knowledge. And he says to God, you are good and you do good. The law of your mouth is better to me than anything. Your comfort is promised to me through your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. Your commandments are faithful. Your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You, your law is my delight. Oh, how I love. Did you catch how many times he said, I love your law. I love your precepts. I love your, your, your truth. I love your word. He says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Your word is a lamp and a light. 
I have inclined my heart to you. My hiding place and my shield is you, Lord. It is time for you to act. They have regarded your word as void. See, the world around us, they don't, they don't accept God's word. They think it's a fairy tale. They think, they think it's not true. And the, and mostly they think that it's full of errors and full of rubbish and that it can be completely torn apart with logic, but it cannot be. David says, your precepts are right. Your testimonies are wonderful. Your teaching gives light for all who love your name, for your judgments are fair, your word is pure, your law is truth, you are near, your law will last forever, the entirety of your entire word is true, those who love your law have great peace and will not stumble. And David says, I worship you and praise you many times throughout the day. I speak of your word, your judgments help me. I read that to you tonight, took most of the entire Bible study. Do you know what this is? I see this as a story of a man that this is how you stay walking with the Lord. Listen, David didn't always keep this stuff, did he? Here's what I get from this. I get that God is awesome and great and loving and righteous and he works within our lives and, the David, and David can sense him and he longs for him and he seeks him and he knows that he is a personal God and I love the very final verse in this book or this psalm. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek me. And then he says, for I do not forget your commandments. Man, how often have we become a lost sheep? How often have we gone astray? And aren't we glad that it is God who seeks us? And man, listen, listen, he was not a perfect man, was he? We are not perfect people. We will sin. We will make mistakes. You will let me down. I will let you down. You and I will sin before God. We will, we will. We will have times in our life that we will sin and we will have to repent and ask for forgiveness and all of that, just like David did. David sinned with Bathsheba. He sinned with his family. He sinned because he sent Joab to count, to count the, the nation of Israel because pride got puffed up in his heart. And you know what happened, don't you? Seventy-some thousand Israelis died because of the pride of David. Nathan comes to him after Bathsheba, tells him a story about some rich guy stealing the, the lamb of a poor guy, and David's ready to pull his sword out and go kill him. And Nathan says, dude, you're the man. What is the difference between that David and the David of, of this psalm? The difference is that, that he, he purposed in his heart. He understood that the word of God was so key to his life. I bring this because I, I've met so many Christians recently that do not think God's word is that important in their life. They think that they, that, you know, the, by going to church and just hearing the scripture read, that that is enough to, to, to saturate their heart and their mind to be like this. Listen, if David walked like this, and yet at times David was able to sin like he sinned, what do you think can happen to a Christian who doesn't guard their heart by the word of God? He says, 
My enemies have come against me, but I love your word. The princes attack me, but I will love your precepts. You, you know, th- th- this, this is so important. He knew the importance of walking with the Father, living daily with the Lord through his word. Seven times a day, I'll praise you. I will wake, I will stay up in the middle of the night. And it's, this is not teaching that you have to stay up till five in the morning reading your Bible. But I think what the point is, it's teaching us that, that you know, we need, to ha- we need to have a longing for God's word. And you know what? Maybe David stayed up to the wee hours of the morning to, to be in the precepts of the word of God because his duties as king, that was the only time of the day that he could spend in the word. But yet, we don't want to sacrifice our free time to spend with God. If we have nothing better to do, we'll spend time with the Lord. If it fits into my schedule, we will spend time with the Lord. If I am feeling fuzzy and warm about Jesus, then I'll spend time with the Lord. No. You know David did? David just spent time with the Lord. And it is that time with the Lord that kept his heart right, kept his mind seeking the Lord, and he kept his life protected. He probably realized that if he had been doing this instead of being negligent with the spiritual duties of his life, he wouldn't have walked out on his balcony, saw Bathsheba bathing herself while she was out there bathing herself. I don't know. Maybe it was the cultural way. I don't know. But he wouldn't have walked out on the balcony because if he, was, if he was, had not been negligent, he would have been with his army doing the work of God that he was supposed to be doing instead of Wasting his time and falling into sin. Maybe he understood that's why he has to seek after God's precepts. That's why he has to pursue God's truth. If he had been doing it at that time, maybe he would not have sinned with Bathsheba. Maybe that wouldn't have set up the coup with Absalom and Ahithophel later on in his life where the grandfather of Bathsheba wanted to kill and destroy David because of the sin of, against Bathsheba and Uriah. And it goes on and on and on. I cannot emphasize enough of us having a daily active relationship and a dependence on God. Now I'm going to say something very controversial. And I'm going to read you some questions that I just want you to think about. A believer in Christ is not perfect, right? We'll sin. We can even backslide. We can get away from the Lord for a period of time. But I look at all these people that say they're Christians and and I don't see fruit. I don't see a hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I don't don't see a change in character of that human being. I don't see their mind conforming to the truth. Look, I don't see this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may present your bodies, help me, thank you, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Where is that? 
in a believer's life? You have to ask yourself. If I am a Christian, am I a Christian just because I've grown up in a Christian home all my life? Am I a Christian just because I prayed a prayer at some point in my life? Am I a Christian because I know more Bible doctrine than most other people in the world? Or am I a Christian because I've been truly born again? Been filled with the spirit of the living God and he lives inside of me and he controls my life and I seek after him. There's a very great difference between just becoming a Christian and being born again. There will be fruit in the birthed again person. Okay? Anybody ever hear of a fellow by the name of Timothy Keller? You ought to read Timothy Keller. Don't read all his books because some of them are killers, man. They, he, he's a heavy writer at times. But about 99% of his books are just flat. Awesome. God has gifted him with a, a great ability to teach. I'll be honest with you. I have several of his books. I study with his books. He's brilliant. I like his teaching a lot. And guess what? He is not a Baptist. He's a Presbyterian. And the dude rocks. And he really does. But recently I read from him. You might have said, seen this in, that, uh, in some of your studies. Recently I've read something that he coined like this. Questions fake Christians cannot answer. Have you seen this? Have you seen it, honey? Yeah, that good, wasn't it? So I want to ask you these questions. Not to make you feel bad, not to make you think that you're not saved, not to cause you to be worried and upset, but to make you think and ask yourself, what am I? What, what, what am I? Listen, what are you tonight? Are you truly a believer in Christ? Or are you that fake Christian? So let me read these questions to you. And I won't expound them. I just want you to think about them. And then I'm going to close in prayer. Three questions fake Christians cannot answer. Question number one, and there's some sub-questions underneath, so just listen. Question number one, and if I go too fast and you're writing them down and you can't catch them, don't worry. Ask me. I'll email you the notes, and then you can have all the, all the questions. Question number one, it's about the evidence of God's presence in your life. The evidence of God's presence in your life. Here's the questions. How real has God been this week to your heart? How real has God been this week to your heart? How clear and vivid is your assurance and certainty of God's forgiveness and God's fatherly love towards you? To what degree is that real to you right now? I mean, if we are truly saved, if we are born again... There ought to be an evidence of the presence of God in our life. Man, are you having any particular seasons of sweet delight in God 
Now, I know you guys get sick and tired of hearing me and Lisa, and I know my children are sick and tired of seeing us hugging and kissing all the time. You know, they obviously they are, because when we're in the kitchen, they come in and start making vomiting noises and stuff, you know? But here's the point. We're married. I love that lady, okay? When we're together, we talk to each other, we often, throughout the day, hug each other and kiss each other. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? There's an intimacy there. She could be teaching in the back room. I could be upstairs in my office, and all of a sudden, I'll think, I'll go downstairs and see her and ask her if she wants a cup of coffee. Here's the point. There's evidence of our marriage in that relationship. There's evidence of our love in that relationship. Roy, don't egg them on, please. I'll throw something at you if I find it. It must be, baby. Listen, there's evidence in that relationship. Now, you listen to me. Man, I'm so burdened for people, and I want you to take this thought, and I want you to go speak it to other people. Is there evidence of God's presence in your life? Are there seasons of delight in God in your life? Do you sense his presence in your life? Do you sense his love in your life? These are questions that unbelievers cannot answer because they will not. They cannot. If you are a believer in Christ and, the, and, and there's no sin in your life that's, that's grieving the Spirit of God, listen, beloved, you ought to be sensing the presence of God in your life. Number two, it concerns the evidence of Scripture changing you. That's why I read Psalm 119. Yeah, David was a murderer. David was a liar. David was an adulterer. David was a prideful man. But David loved God's Word. David sensed God's presence in his life. Man, he repented. Multiple times in his life he repented. And there's evidence and proof of that relationship of God in David's life. There's evidence and proof that the word of God changed his life. You can't read Psalm 119 and not see that that changed him. Let me ask you, is there evidence, listen, is there evidence of Scripture changing you? Have you been finding Scripture to be alive and active and relevant in your life? Now, I'll be honest with you. Not every time I read my Bible, and, and, and you know, I've actually had, un it's been really sweet, because it's been probably about five years since I've read a paper Bible. In the last two or three days, I've been reading a paper Bible, and it's been sweet. Just something different, and, and I forgot how it is to feel and to touch the Word of God. And to, so I've already been scribbling it, man. It's awesome. I got lines and stuff. Next, it's going to be highlighting the colors. You know, I've enjoyed that time in God's Word. Have you been finding the Word of God alive? Are you finding certain biblical promises encouraging? Can you find the things in the Word of God that helped you? And I'm not talking 10 years ago. How about recently? 
Is God's word active and alive? Is God's word encouraging you? You know, sometimes I dread to walk in the bedroom upstairs in the morning because I've done my devotions. I'm ready to go for the day. And I dread walking into the room with Lisa because she's going to stop me and start sharing stuff with me. And I'm too busy to have a spiritual moment with her. You know, and I want to get in the shower and get on with my day. So I go in there and I can see her looking at me and she goes, can I ask you a question? And we start talking scripture. And I walk away thinking, the Bible's talking to her, Roy. Amen? Is the Bible talking to you? If it's not, there is a problem in your life. Maybe the problem number one is you're not reading it. You're not going to hear from God if you're not reading his word. Are you finding God's calling you or challenging you to something through the word of God? Listen, and that is Cornhill, right? Man, I get the two hills confused with you sometimes. I can't remember if you're at Oak Hill or Cornhill. Oak Hill's where I went with Emily, I think, and Cornhill's where you at. Do you know why Annette is at Cornhill? Because she gets in the word of God and the word of God changed her heart and her direction and her mind. You know? I mean, that's evidence of what God is doing. And that was a couple of years ago. And I bet, or a year or whatever it was ago, I bet since then, Annette, there's more on top of that where God has been changing you and directing you and doing things in you. Listen, that has to be. It has to be. It's got to be. Because if it's not, then there's something very wrong with us. It's number two. Is there evidence of Scripture changing your life? Thirdly, last question. Last question to ask yourself. Do you have evidence in your life of a growing appreciation of God's mercy? I read that and I thought, boy, it's really different than the other two questions, but, that, but I get it now. As we're walking in the Word, and as God is convicting us of stuff, and you know what? There's stuff that we'll have to repent of that we didn't even know we were doing really that, until God's Word reveals that to us, right? And then he reveals it to us, like, whoa, I need, I need to start being nice to my wife or something or, or whatever. I need to be forgiving or, or whatever it is. God will get it in there and you, you repent of that. And, and as you do that, you're growing closer to the Lord. You're seeing God's greater mercy. You're seeing God's mercies in a greater way. You're seeing God's loving kindness in, in, in a growing way. You're, you're beginning to see more of the glory of God. From the day you got saved till now, especially someone as old as Roy is back there, he's been saved about 900 years, right, Roy? From day, <laughs> do you know what? There's probably a greater understanding and appreciation for God and who he is today than what he had in your early years of salvation. And that's exactly the way it should be. So is there evidence of a growing appreciation for God's mercy in your life? Are you finding God's grace more wonderful and more beautiful and more glorious and moving in your heart now than you have in the past? Are you conscious of a growing sense 
of the evil in your heart. You know what's funny? I got saved and I thought, great, now I don't have to worry about how bad I was. But it seems like the more you grow in the Lord and the more closer you get to Him and the more the Word works in your life, the more you realize you're not so good, right? The more you realize that, wow, there's stuff in my life that still needs to be worked out with Jesus. That's, that's that growing understanding of God's grace. I read Psalm 119 for you tonight. Because I think as a church, if we got into that psalm, if we lived out that psalm, if we lived out the character of the man that wrote that psalm, how precious our walk what God could be. Now, sometimes, and I'm going to read you, this is a quote that I, I found, I thought it was brilliant because it's what I would say and what I say to myself Sometimes I can answer these questions, those three main points, and all those follow-up questions, man, I can knock them out the park. I can say, yeah, I do. Yes, I am, and I've got it all. And sometimes I feel my mind is being transformed so that I know the activity of God in my life to be true. Do you understand that? There are times, man, I, I sense God's activity to, in my life, it's true, it's real, and it's continual. But there are times when what I know in my head to be true is overshadowed by my feelings and my heart and my circumstances. Do you understand what he's saying? Sometimes life's so heavy that you can't actually see those changes and things going on. Other times, it's the other way around. And the joy of my spirit leaves, leads my mind in celebrating God's goodness and mercy to me and to my brethren. Sometimes the changes, the evidence, the witness of my spirit is so slight, so gradual, that I could not necessarily confess that I see those changes on a weekly basis. But I know that I am not who I once was, nor, I am or, nor am I now who I will ultimately be. And it is on days like those, the fundamental change which Jesus wrought in my heart at the point of my conversion reminds me of what will be by His grace, my future, and the future of those who trust in Him. Despite our misgivings, our doubts, our failures, or our successes, we are each being transformed from one degree of glory to the next, and His mercies in our lives are new every morning. That is what it is to be a Christian. We got good days and bad days, don't we? We have days that we soar on the wings of eagles at Isaiah 40 something. But there are other days that were Job chapter whatever it was when he was scraping the boils off his arms and we're saying, God, where are you? Have you forsaken me? My question to you tonight is those three things. Do you see the presence of God? Do you see the evidence of God's presence in your life? Do you see the evidence of Scripture changing you? Do you see the evidence in your life of a growing appreciation for God's mercy? If you do not, you need to stop tonight and ask yourself why. Is there sin in your life? 
Or have you just been playing a game and you've never surrendered truly your life to God? You need to please ask yourself that.